On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Hello, everybody. Second Shot is back. So we have both been so busy. As you may know, if you listened to our previous episodes, Heath started a new position as CEO of an insurance company, and I launched a show on CW one year ago exactly. So it's made things just really eventful and chaotic and fun. And, you know, each time we do an episode, we want to make sure it's something that we are pouring everything into. And time has been a little bit tight. So what we decided we were going to do is just do limited releases when we have an interview or an episode or something that we think is just dynamite and worth you listening to, then we will put it out here on the platform. So continue to stay subscribed, continue to be a part of the community, and and we'll continue to, you know, just drop in some little nuggets here and there. This interview is one that's, uh, gosh, it's so important to me. This is Jenny, by the way. I don't even think I said that at the top. Um, it's important to me because this one is with my mom. So uh, it's intense. It's emotional. I hope that you are able to just dive in and enjoy and glean something from it and, and to receive some kind of benefit when it comes to determination and overcoming extreme obstacles, because she is such a beautiful, beautiful example of that. All right, you guys, enjoy. Welcome to a very special second shot sit down with somebody who I know very well, who is an inspiration to, I mean, truly everybody that crosses her path. She experienced a traumatic brain injury and was told that she would not drive again. She would not work again. Uh, she was pregnant at the time and was told that that child could end up with some really severe challenges. And that person has, I mean, she's been through it all. She's made it through on the other end and has really proven a lot of people wrong. And that person is my mom, Jeanette Anchondo. How are you? Good. <laughs> a TV interview is the last thing that she ever wants to do. A podcast is the last thing she ever wants to do. Um, but but I just, I, I know that when people hear your story, they're like, oh my gosh, that should be a book. I mean, people have told you that your whole life. Mm-hmm. This story should be a book. It should be a movie. And... Um, <laughs> You know, so, so here we are. So, so, so let's talk about it. And I know some of this stuff will be hard to talk about it, but I, I think it's sort of like this living document for us to be able to have, you know, as a family. And, and I know that you will inspire people who have been through this. So it was, um, I mean, how many years ago was this? Um, it was 41 years ago. About 41 years ago. I guess ago. now you're telling everyone my age because I, I was the baby. I, I referenced that was my mom. Um, yeah, I was three months pregnant. Three months pregnant with me, and it was just this freak logging accident. And I only really learned about this later in life and came to realize why things are the way they are. Um, for people that aren't familiar with what a brain injury like this is, 
Talk about what the limitations were. What, I guess what you could remember, if well, anything. I couldn't remember any. I couldn't remember anything of that day or any anything of the accident at all. Um, but I don't. I didn't really realize what I didn't know mm-hmm. until um, until someone would say like, "Do you like this?" You know, if I was going to eat something, do you like this? And of course, I would just say yes to be polite. But I didn't know what they. I didn't know what food, what the different foods were. Just things like that. I couldn't tie my shoe. We're such um, a foodie family. We point at first. We don't know. She didn't I know, know my food, first thought is but about food. Also, you didn't know how to read or write or drive or or who people were. Yeah, I right. Didn't, it's I like didn't recognize. a life erased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Initially, that's what it was like. And what kinds of injuries were you dealing with in the hospital? Um, I had a fractured skull. I had a broken shoulder, broken collarbone. My ribs were all broken. Um, I had a ruptured spleen. I had a nerve damage um, on the side of my face, so I couldn't hear and couldn't see initially very well. And um, that was it. I had some surgeries. And oh, and I had that was seizures. it. No, no. I had and that was se- all. I had, some, I had seizures from the head injury. So seizures with pregnancy we know are problematic because of the medication, right? And yeah. I, I think that's why so many people are like, man, this is a miracle because uh, just, just having a child is a miracle. They didn't give me the medica- medication. To, they thought I could have seizures but felt the medication would be too dangerous for you. So they didn't give it to me just kind of chancing it, but then I started having seizures. So then they did give me the medication, which I stayed on through my pregnancy and then after you were born as well. Were you aware of what pregnancy was or that you were going to be having a baby? Well, I would sometimes, Papa would tell me that he would come to visit um, and I would say, like, I would say, oh, I had our baby today, and I would say the baby's name, and then the next day I would say the same thing. You know, I just kind of, every day was a new day. I mean... Yeah, no, it's it, just like, just, the, it, re, like learning I would things. ask him every day, like, why am I here? Um, it had to have been so hard for your relationship, too. Well, um, yeah, it was a tough time. It was definitely a tough time. We were on our own. We moved away from all of our family. And um, so we were really on our own. Papa had started a new job. He was working at the hospital. He had only been there um, maybe six months. He was in fear of losing his job. Mm -hmm. They had threatened to let him go because he just, I was in another city in, in the hospital, so he was going back and forth. He wasn't focused on his work. And so it was, it was just like different times too. I think about, I think about it just being different times. I think that, that now we really, you know, when something happens to a family member, we take care. And back then I just think it was so different. It was very different. And, and I think the thing that I felt after it happened was that, um, people were so confused and uncomfortable with a brain injury that people didn't come around. And we definitely had some, a few friends that came and, and were helpful to us for sure. But, um, but it, wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It's uncomfortable for people. If somebody has a broken leg, we understand how to care for that person or how to support them with that. It was, yeah. yeah, it was. Because it was, you might not know who they are. 
or I might how not to communicate. Know, and they didn't know. They didn't know what I didn't know, and and so I think it was just complicated. Now it's so great that you know when they first, there was the first the term of traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. It was like a world opened up for me when I would could say that because in, most of the time I tried to keep it a secret, and that was a long road. Yeah, I can I can see why because. Because you were told, look, you're not going to work, you're not going to drive. Like, this one child is iffy. But but you did go on to drive to have, you know, my two awesome brothers mm-hmm. and to be able to work. So what did that look like being your, your home? I mean, I just remember my early days home with Brighton, and I thought about you a lot during that time because um, I didn't have a brain injury, and I just still felt it was, like, the hardest thing I'd ever done. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was hard to... Um, I was ill-equipped, you know, to, to really, I, I felt, to be a, a good mom. I was very slow. Um, I didn't always understand um, what you needed. Um, you were, and you also, I was taking a lot of medication, and you were taking that medication, too, because we, you were nursing. nursing, yeah. So it, it, you were very agitated, and, you know, it was, it was hard for you. Yeah. It was a very hard time for you as well. When you look back at that time, what made you kind of keep going? Because I've heard that when people have aphasia or brain injuries, that it can be one of the situations where you just kind of stay home permanently. Right. If you're not stimulated, that's, that is what will happen. But luckily for me, I had a baby. I was so stimulating. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I've always said you saved my life because otherwise, um, I would have been content to, um, to just sit there. It's a terrible situation, but that is what can happen is you cannot, your brain doesn't heal itself. You have to relearn things. Your brain, if it's damaged, doesn't heal itself. But you also only use a small part of your brain, and you can use other parts of your brain. You went and grabbed that other section. I got a little bit of one. (laughs) We got the other section recruited. Not a lot. You know, yeah, you went and and relearned and kind of... I did, yeah, I just started started learning to read, and um, I started to... um, you know, I, ha- I had you, so so every day, you know, you have to get up and you have to to go. You know, you have to be with your baby. And, and then um, Papa would take me, I would go with him to the store, like in the car, but I never went in the store. I would never go, I was too, just too, it was too overwhelming to be in a store or to be really with many people but he would slowly start taking me into the store and then I would he I had to learn how about money he taught me you know we just had to start on our own from the beginning this is how you shop this is your money um and I remember the first time he took me to go in and he said you know you're gonna pay for the groceries and and um I didn't have I didn't really know how to do it but I just held the money out and like a child would just like a child yeah yeah but I wasn't I had to do those things I I couldn't be shy I mean I was pretty shy but I couldn't be I had to move forward because we had a life to live and I had a child to raise 
I think that's such an important lesson. Like you, even in that, that sphere of being, knowing that you're in a place where if you don't stimulate the brain, you can and will just sit there Mm -hmm. forever. Um, but to have that light of like, I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. It's an easier place to be the other. Sure. It was easy, but I had to could do that for you. I had to, uh, and thank goodness. And so we, I always say we kind of grew up together in a way Mm -hmm. because when you're learning to speak at speech therapy, I'm an infant, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, what, 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 what did we do together? We, well, you would, Papa would take me to therapy and you would sit out in the waiting room and wait. And then, um, would go home and work on, you know, Papa would ask me questions, would work on those things, and then I would um, have books, you know, your, ch- you know, baby books, and learn, you know, to read those. And then, um, and then slowly I started um, taking walks, you know, like you and I would take a walk in the stroller, just not far, because I could get yeah. lost, but just, you know, just around. And... Um, and then, um, after when you were about two, almost two, um, I a friend I had a friend who worked at a at an uh, athletic club in the child care center, and I had done that before. And she called me one day and said her boys were sick, and could I go in there and work? And we needed the money. We definitely needed money. I needed to go back to work, even though they said I wouldn't go back to work. And so. Papa drove me there, and I went in with you, and and I don't remember filling out an application. I don't remember other other than being frightened. That's all I remember about the day. And I went in there, and I met the owner, and and I stayed at that job for you know off and on for thirty years. Yeah, was it only third? I feel like it might have been. More. I think I think it might have been four. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. 35. yeah. But you stayed that job off and on, and at that point, then we would go in the bike trailer, right? You would ride well, your bike. First, to work. we took a bus. Okay. There was a little bus in our town, and I could take the bus, but I couldn't get home if I had to work at night. So if that happened, if I had to work late, I didn't have a way home because Papa worked nights. And sometimes I would have to, um, like, fib and to get a ride home um, from someone. Like, sure. Oh, well, because you were still in that zone of, of hiding. I think I now, you know, it's hiding. like, look at Bruce Willis. He's talking about, yeah. you know, his brain injury. But then it was like... Yeah, you know, it was a always scenario. hiding. I wanted people to not. I wanted them to know that their children were safe with me, and they and they were. Yeah. But if I would have said that, it wouldn't have been received. I felt like it wouldn't be. So I just. Um, but then, uh, Papa got me. Well, I had my bicycle. He taught me how to ride the bicycle. We would ride up and down the street, and then he got a bike trailer, and that's when we, my life really opened up. It was a, such a blessing to have the bike trailer, and my life really changed because I could now get to work, yep. and I could go to the grocery store. I could put all the groceries in the trailer, and that's just how you grew up. You thought nothing different. I took you to catechism in the trailer. I took you to a birthday party if you were invited in the trailer. People just thought, and no one knew, they just thought, um, you were just fit. They, I was fit. Look at that athletic Jeanette. She's just out there riding her bike all over the town. So you proved him wrong with getting a job, right? Mm-hmm. And then you ended up learning how to drive. Yeah. And getting when, your license. When I was, yeah, five years, five, 
it was when I was pregnant with Joey. Mm -hmm. Papa said, you've got to learn to drive if you're going to keep working because you can't ride the bike. With two you know, kids. With two kids and being pregnant. And it's snowing, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. We were in North Idaho, so very, four um, very solid seasons. So we had to get, um, I had six doctors. They all had to sign off that I could drive. And then we had to have a, a police officer give me a driving test. And so it was a lot. It was, a, it was definitely a, like a, a year of... I think working on that. I mean, my, it, and like just even like my depth perception was off. Everything was so off that I had to like retrain and myself. And and then I got my driver's license. And then you know it, it's it's just one thing after another. And then you went on to continue to work and have a daycare in our home and work as a housekeeper, which she still does today. Um, and I'm just I look back and it's like if you wouldn't have told me, I would not have known. And I think that that it's part survival, trying to get by, um, just because again, you you don't want to be judged, you want to be accepted, you want to your children to be accepted. And right. I wanted you to be. In, I can remember, and I'm sure you remember this too, being invited to a party. But I'd get so lost that sometimes I wouldn't get you there till the party was over. And those were tough times, but I still had to keep. Mm -hmm. um, Doing Talk, my best. Elaborate on that, that your children saved your life in that way. Because if I didn't have you, there would not have been that pull to, um, to reinvent myself. I had to um, become someone I didn't know, but I had to... Does that make sense? It does. No, because you're figuring out your interests, your hobbies, your favorite yeah. color. Do you, who's your husband? Do you like him? You know, who... What do you like to eat? Like, like I remember Papa would put music on sometimes, and, and if I didn't recognize it, it could make me just be, you know, I, uh, hysterical. I could be, be yeah. crying like I don't know what that is and turn it off. Sometimes it was like upsetting, but then, but then sometimes I'd hear music, and I would know every word of the song. And then we would we would get that CD or mm -hmm. cassette. Look at that cassette. Retro, <laughs> eight track, <laughs> and so I could listen to it more. Yeah. So just those things, I started growing. Like I started knowing music, something that you can always somehow remember. So I could remember. Oh, I like that music. And so slowly, your your past can start can start coming back. Not fully. But you have to put in the effort. Yeah, you have to get up every morning and think, and, and yeah. And, and I, I tried to sew, like... A, you no, know, you did. You sewed stuff for us. I mean, Brighton still has... It was decent quality, <laughs> because Brighton has some of it, so... You're right. Better than my You'll have, sewing. We should have Papa talking about how he helped <laughs> with the sewing. You know, but you guys really, you know, you worked it out, you know, largely on your own, and I think about the things that you did, it's almost like that's what they do in therapy now, to, yeah. to get, um, you know to get people up and going again and you intuitively figured it out. I would love to hear some advice for somebody who's been given a prognosis like this or has a family member who has been told the things that you were told. I would, I would tell them to grab on to anything they can to, to learn and, and even the most basic things yeah. you know start by reading children's books and watching children's shows and just start um, getting your brain working 
doing puzzles. My, a friend gave me a subscription to, um, maybe my sister gave me a subscription to that magazine called Highlighter. Mm -hmm. It's in the dentist's office. Yep. And um, and I started doing that. And that's mm -hmm. a children's magazine, but I started doing those puzzles and and um, and I thought, oh, I, you know, I kind of like this. Um, I loved riding my bike. I think those things that, you know, a bike is, is always available. No one's mm -hmm. going to take your bicycle away. Try mm -hmm. those things. Um, and, and luckily now, don't keep it a secret. Yeah. It's a terrible way to live. I think that's a huge, mm -hmm. I think that's a huge takeaway is don't, don't keep don't. it a secret. I had to try to pretend I knew like helping you with your homework when Papa was working nights, mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. So sometimes I would feel like I had to tell that, like write a note, like, oh, we had sure, family over, we sure. couldn't get the homework done. You know, or things like that. It's, it's a terrible way to live. I'm so thankful that now it's not like that for, yeah. for everyone. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned from all of this? Um that that if you trust the people around you, you can tell them your story. Mm. Do you trust me? <laughs> it's emotional. Mm. It's a lot. And it's, um, I think, you know, we do keep these secrets to protect ourselves, to protect mm -hmm. those around us. Right. I didn't want you to ever feel, or the boys to ever feel, like they had a, a mom that was not, capable. So mm -hmm. I did try things that were way over my head and that wasn't that. You were a PTA way. president. Right. But it was a little bit of a disaster. No, no, it was not. Well, from our perspective, it was great. Right. You know, but we all, you know, I admire you so much for doing all that you've done. And I think of it on hard work days for myself, like Jenny, your mom had to learn everything over again, reading, writing, family names, does she like cream of mushroom soup? No, I don't. <laughs> but no, you I said you did. It. I did say I, could, I did. Um, and I it, did. It really is. Um, it really is inspiring. And I'd love to hear just words of encouragement for people who are struggling with that isolation. Who, who they maybe they, they're the person that they, they've been given a diagnosis or something that wants, you know, it. It makes them want to stay isolated. What, what are your words of encouragement to them? My words of encouragement would be to. Um, to, to reach out. I think when you share your story, people will come to you and, yeah. and, um, and they might share with you things that they think about you that you didn't know. Like, yeah. oh, you helped me here. You know, I live a life of small successes. That's, and I, I, I don't remember exactly making that decision, but I look back and, and that's how I, that's how I live my life, my community, little things I can do. And that brings me so much joy. And that has made my life full, a life of small successes every day. That's so beautifully put. We've been taught that that's the key to happiness is enjoying the small successes. And I think that's where so many of us get it wrong yeah. is we're looking for the big hit. Yeah. The big wonder, the yeah. big, you know, miracle. And, and you have mastered the art of small successes, successes. um, with, you know, Joey and Gus and with oh. Papa and the, my biggest, well, not my, our biggest achievement together is raising you kids. And what more could we want? 
that's a huge, I should, so that's not a small success, I guess. That's a big success. We're huge. Excuse me. <laughs> no, that's a big success. But, um, but I, and I hope that we've taught you about that as well and um, that it is those small joys. And I know it sounds like a cliche. No, it's but it, not. It, but it really is those little day-to-day things and just watching, watching you be successful, watching you know you dance and watching the boys play football. Those things couldn't have made, given me more joy. And, um, and then seeing you go to college, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge deal for us to have had that happen. Yeah, so. and I do think for some families that's an obvious, it's a given, and for ours it was a really big deal, and then big deal. both my brothers did, and for us those were those small, again, for somebody else it might have been small, but for us was, you know, it was everything. Yeah. And um, Filling out those fasts. <laughs> like those out kinds of things are so hard. Yeah. You know, and they're still, you know, I have challenges every day, but they're never going to stop me because I know that I can, I know that I can go out there and, and do something. Yeah, and you make a life for yourself. And make a life for yourself and impact others. Um, Mama, thank you so much. I love you. I love you too. And if I can be half the mother that you've been to me and the boys, I will consider myself a small success. I mean, I really, really mean that. Um, I've learned so much from you. You helped me still day in, day out today. So thank you. And thanks for doing this. I know this wasn't easy. <laughs> I know you've been dreading it. <laughs> well, it made, me, it made me pretty nervous. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Um, thank you. So yeah, I just hope that you guys were able to draw some inspiration from this. I hope that a pack of it hit you in the heart where you think, gosh, you know what? I can get up today. I can do the hard thing. I can overcome challenges and I can celebrate those small wins that create a a really full and beautiful life. I have been gifted to have such an incredible mother and it's my absolute honor to share her story. The full thing is linked, the full interview is linked at cw33.com and at secondshotpodcast.com. Thanks everybody.